0: I believe that there's there's two of us there's a guy or gal that is and the one that could be and what who god meant us to be you know and to to get from here to here it's a lot of personal growth and a lot of people think personal growth is just listening to podcasts and you know and um reading books and working on yourself and you know having goals but it's so much more than that and it, it usually the personal growth is it's painful sometimes, you know, it stretches you to get to a new level. And so the adversity, when we get it, I feel like you said it is a gift and, and God's not going to give me anything that's too hard that I can't handle. But sometimes it's tough. Like, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you're like, why, why me? Right? But if, you know, in the, the wonderful book called Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill says in every adversity, every, not some, you know, all, every adversity, there is a seed of equal or greater benefit than the adversity itself if we and only if we look for it so in every adversity even the toughest things the loss of a family member or the sickness or you know the heartache of you know someone betraying you a a, a, you know a love lover betraying you or something it's those hard hard things in it there is the seed of equal or greater benefit so from here to here it doesn't look like this it looks like
1: You know, failures, failures, heartaches, heartaches, heartaches. Today is a treat because the person I have in front of me, uh, I have admired her from distance and learned and, you know, um, followed some of the teachings that I've um, heard from her from the distance, A distance, just so you put it in context, I've heard and listened to her in a stage full of 20,000 people where I sat far, far away, but I still remember that day because of the impact she has. And I am so grateful that she accepted um, my invite to be with you and share her journey, her wisdom, but more importantly, how, she has changed her life and so many people's life um around her so without further ado i introduce to my mentor jamie and i may pronounce it wrong jamie will but yeah here we go thank you jamie for coming
0: you're welcome. I'm excited to, to spend some time with you guys today. Um, and I'm uh, you know, grateful that you asked me to be on. Um, I admire what you're doing right now and how hard you've been working and, and uh, all that you're doing to help others, too. So so I'm excited to spend some time together.
1: Thank you for those kind words. And uh, I think, uh, just you know, in the company we worked, there were many examples, like it was full of examples, such great leaders. But when it came to women leaders, there were people that you could count in fingers yourself Penny. you know, and that is why I'm so excited, like you being the example for the women that you can do it like you You don't have to sit and just take your family, which is important. And I'm not diminishing that aspect, but, you know, you can change those whispers into roles just like you did. So, um, Without you, let's get into your journey. If you can share a little bit about your journey so people know
0: where you, know, when you came
1: from and how you became Jamie.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, for those that probably have not um, been introduced to me before, I, my background was I grew up in a very tiny little town in northeastern Montana. Which I mean, just to give you an idea, it's more of like a village. It was uh, 225 people was the population, not 225,000, like 225. Wow. So yeah, little tiny um, farming community. My parents actually grew up in California, and right when I was <clears throat> born, they did not want to raise me in the city, so they moved to this little town. And you know, I'm grateful I grew up out there. It was a, I went through a little K through 12 school. My graduating class was 18 people. (laughs) And I think we all graduated. But uh, so I'm grateful for that education. Um, But, you know, growing up, I was very poor. You know, I was the oldest of six kids in my household. And I wanted to do something more than just, you know, live in that little community. And, you know, most of the women, there was no jobs for women, there was no opportunity for women. And so you pretty much just married a a farmer and, you know, you raise kids, which again, nothing wrong with that, but it's not what I wanted because I, again, I saw my parents struggle. I saw them Mm. argue about which bill can we pay this month and, um, and there was always financial struggles. There was times that we couldn't afford to pay for heat in the house. And if you guys know Northeastern Montana, it's like Alaska, so it was, I'd wake up sometimes in the winter and see my breath and, and we just couldn't afford maybe heat or sometimes food. And uh, and I just I hated that struggle all the time um, and the unhappiness that it bred. And uh, so, I, you know, I grew up, again, poor on food stamps and welfare. So I knew that there was no money for college. So I just figured okay, I'll work hard, graduate high school. And afterwards, I moved out to California with the idea of working, getting a job and paying my way through college. And then also with the idea of hopefully, you know, being able to help my family back home, help my younger siblings, be an example to them, and uh, help my parents uh, to retire and those things. And and then uh, at the, around that time, uh, the youngest siblings had been born. That there was twins, and my stepmom became very ill, and she was having multiple surgeries, and again, feeling like responsibility to help my family. So that's kind of where I came out to to California. And I started working at different jobs, pretty much where I could walk to at first. (laughs) I had a few different jobs, working very hard to be able to save money to buy a car to get a decent job. And uh, I started working in a health club. And I thought that would be like an easy no brainer type of job, you know, also I thought it'd be a positive environment, you know, people trying to improve themselves, get healthier. And I realized very quickly that it it wasn't that it was very much a salesy kind of a high pressure type environment, but I got promoted quickly to management. And with that, I had to go less and less to, to school because my schedule was It was, you know, such long hours, Um, but I started making good money. I started making more money than all of my friends. I was at 20 years old, making about $70,000 a year. And, um, and again, I thought it was kind of an easier job, just a lot of hours and a lot of pressure to perform. Um, But after about four and a half years, I don't know if any any of you guys feel this way, but I had hit an income ceiling and I, I couldn't make any more money. I, I, again, been there four and a half years, but I looked at my supervisors and people that had been there 14 years and they didn't make much more than I did. Some of them, I made more than them. And so I kind of started to get this feeling like there's no light at the end of this tunnel. No matter how hard I work, it's not going to get much better. You know what I mean? And, And I also, and maybe you guys can relate to this, but I also felt like I was wasting my life because I would get up and I would go to work and I would do the same thing every day. Day in and day out, it didn't look much different than the day before. And so I had stopped learning. I had stopped growing as a person. And so that made me more and more dissatisfied. I felt like every time I would go into that job that I was, you know, again, wasting my life. And that if I could do something else, something maybe for myself, my own business, something that I could pour my heart into, I could be making more of an impact. I could be maybe have more control of my time, be able to do some of the things that I'm passionate about, uh, you know, contribution wise, but also, uh, be able to put my family first and have control of my time. And so I knew I wanted more, uh, a better quality of life. Um, I knew that I had more to give. And so again, about four and a half years in, I just was like, you know what, there, there has to be something better. <laughs> and so I started looking, I uh, started looking like into real estate and other businesses and, and and realized that was, it really wasn't for me. I didn't want to be in a commission only type thing where there was a lot of things outside of my control, but I did want to have my own, own business. And uh, luckily I I found the company that I work for today. And it was just a great environment. People trying to improve themselves. I had great coaches like Ed Milette and, and others that cared about my success and kind of held my hand. And, and so I was able to, kind of part-time start a business and then transition over uh full-time and I've been a business owner now for 22 years and and it's been it's been great I couldn't do anything else so I love it
1: Mm, that's an amazing story I mean when you were saying your initial part of the story just took me like I was listening to your story but it took me to like movie Cinderella Man where you know the same issues, the electricity the milk the bills you know and um and you know a lot of people who do not go through like the adversities or the challenges. I I, I think sometimes it's those adversities are gift, and like if you don't have it, it sort of robs the life away from you. Uh, the things that you can do and yeah. the way you find people. So I'm grateful that you share. Yeah,
0: there's um, two things there. There's two things. I mean that adversity is a gift. I believe it's a gift. Um, for two reasons. At an early age, I knew what I didn't want. You know what I mean? Mm. So a lot of times people graduate from college and and they haven't had it tough yet. So they're looking for what they want, but they don't know what they don't want. want, And so they have to go through all these jobs and experiences to become dissatisfied enough to really figure out what am I passionate about? What do I want to do with my life? And they've wasted so much time. You know, I do um, a coaching thing sometimes in the summertime at Pepperdine College. And it's a mentoring thing. And it has about, I don't know, 19 year olds to 24 year olds, high school Mm. and college age. And they get to ask mentors in different fields uh, about their business. And I'll have so many guys that say, well, I just graduated with my accounting degree, but I don't want to be an accountant. Uh, Should I go to, should I go to law school, Jamie? And I'm like, do you want to be a lawyer? You know, so you have to. So that adversity early on for me, it showed me, hey, you know, that this is not what I want. And um, and so I'm willing to pay whatever price it is to have what I do want. Well, let me figure out what that looks like and get a clearer picture. The other thing that adversity does is it uh, it shapes us to become who we're meant to be. And this is, again, this is my opinion. I believe that there's, there's two of us. There's a guy or gal that is. And the one that could be, and what who God meant us to be, you know. And to to get from here to here, it's a lot of personal growth. And a lot of people think personal growth is just listening to podcasts and you know, and um, reading books and working on yourself and you know, having a, goals. But it's so much more than that. And it, it usually, the personal growth is make it's painful sometimes. You know, it stretches you to get mm-hmm. to a new level. And so the adversity when we get it, I feel like you said it is a gift and and God's not gonna give me anything that's too hard that I can't handle, but sometimes it's tough. Like, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you're like, why, why me? <laughs> but if, you know, in the, the wonderful book called Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill says, in every adversity, every, not some, you know, all, every adversity, there is a seed of equal or greater benefit than the adversity itself. If we and only if we look for it, so in every adversity, even the toughest things—the loss of a family member, or the sickness, or you know, the heartache of you know someone betraying you, a, a, you know, a love a lover betraying you, or something—it's so, those hard, hard things. In it, there is the seed of an equal or greater benefit. So from here to here, it doesn't look like this. It looks like. You know failures failures heartaches 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 and and so a lot of times when we feel adversity or hard things or we get kind of close to the edge of our comfort zones human nature is to back off oh that feels hard that feels painful i'm not i don't want to do that and so Mm -hmm. what i coach my guys on is when you start to feel uncomfortable when you start to feel that oh i don't want to do this. this doesn't feel good that should your brain should trigger that saying hey I gotta do more of this. Whatever I'm doing, I gotta do more of it. Because right on the other side—that's your comfort zone. Right on the other side of it is the dream, is what you want. It's that new level. And when we get there, yeah, you know what? There's another adversity coming. (laughs) You know, you can't you can't appreciate the good without life handing you the bad too. One time I did a lesson and I I. I handed out yellow starbursts, right? And I I passed around a bowl of yellow starbursts. I'm like, I brought treats today. Everybody take one. And everybody took one. And I'm going through my lesson on adversity. And then a few minutes later, I passed around the bowl again. I'm like, take another one. Take another one. And I said, Yellow starbursts. Why do they even put them in there? They're gross. No one likes the yellow. You always pick <laughs> through for the red and the pink and the sweet ones, right? Why do they even put it in there? And it was the full, the bowl was completely yellow. And I said, Because. That's what life is. It's these trials and these adversities that are gifts to help us grow to who we're meant to become, that we can do the contributions and the wonderful things that we can do with our life. And, uh, but it's not like it's going to come around once, you know, it's going to come around again and it's going to come around again. If we don't learn the lesson from the last one, it's going to come around even harder, you know, the next time. So, um, so yes, I agree with you that adversities for our good.
1: There was so much gold in there. Like, I was just like, you know, like, I mean, it was just like me getting a masterclass from you, Jamie. It was so good. Um, in terms of, you know, you mentioned like so many times uh, the young girls, people who are going through, they haven't had yet hit adversity and they don't know what they want to do in their life. So how does somebody who maybe hasn't, hit adversity or maybe has chosen a career and got uncomfortable and now is dissatisfied? How does somebody find out what is their passion? Like what can they do in their life that ignites their soul?
0: Well, I think that's a great question because it doesn't have to be young. It it could be anybody that we all get in a comfort zone. You know what I mean? I think that at at some point you're going to you know i have guys that say oh i want to conquer the world i have these big dreams but yeah. then at like a quarter million or a half a million income they stop they slow mm. down they plateau all it is is they got to their comfort zone so even though they told me in the beginning it's not about the money jamie i have these big dreams and i want to change the world well then if you stopped at a half a million then it was about the money were you mm-hmm. lying no you just hit a comfort zone and you got comfortable. I have a lady um, that I coach right now who, when I met her, she was waiting table. She was a waitress. Mm. Now she makes about $600,000 a year. She has four little, little children and she's kind of plateaued a little bit, you know? And so I have to challenge her to think outside of where she's at and what does she really want her mm. life to look like? And so again, I think no matter where you're at, whether you've gone through the adversity or you haven't, um, you have to dig deep to figure out. What do you really, really, really want your life to look like? And so for me, it's not about success. It's about significance. And there's, you know, why settle with just success when you can have significance, when you can make an impact? And so if it's about, well, if I have this, then I'm good. Like if I hit this promotion or if I hit this goal or if I hit this income or if I buy this dream house, you know, it, I'm, I'm done. You know, when you when you say, you know, there's a finish line, or here's my goal, or here's the end zone, that means at some point you're gonna be finished. I don't wanna be finished. I don't wanna be a husband, right? I wanna to continue to grow personally. And I want to be able to continue to, con- to make contributions. So that little, that that waitress, I brought her with me to a trip that I did in Uganda to an orphanage that we have there. And you know we went on a fun safari, but most of the time we were in this orphanage hugging these little babies, um, you know, playing with them, putting stickers all over our faces, and feeding them, and watching how little they ate, like corn masa once a day and some tea and and I said, look how how much money you make at half a million, but look how little it takes to change one of these orphans' lives." And you know, what more do you want? And so when I'm building leaders or I'm training people, I'm not just trying to train them to be successful. I'm Mm. hopefully my goal is to plant seeds of philanthropy and inspire what what you really want to do, what what do you really want more than anything out, you know, else out of life for your family, for your parents, for your children, and for generations, you know, and to plant those seeds of philanthropy and legacy so that they're thinking longer term. So when they mm-hmm. hit that, that 500,000, they say, okay, what do I need to do next to get to the next level? And what they need to do to all those guys is find a mentor, a, so a mm-hmm. vision stretcher. Let's call it a vision stretcher instead of a mentor that will constantly be challenging their thinking. Yeah, someone that maybe believes in you, cares about you, that you have trust with, but that will challenge your thinking, like I did with that girl, bringing her to to Africa and be like, "Look what else we can do! Look how much more we can do with our lives than just where we're at." And um, and so I would challenge them to get a, a good coach, a good you know vision stretcher, um, but also to dig deep. You can't wait for someone else to inspire you. Yeah. You know, what I mean, you have to learn to light your own fire under your own butt, right? You can't wait for someone else to do that. So you gotta, you gotta, I I sit down on a regular basis and I say, okay, what do I want long-term? Who's that next version of me? What does she look like? What is she, you know, what contributions is she making? Um, I just recently did a business plan, life plan that goes a hundred years after my death. Wow! And one of the things that I'm really excited about was just kind of thinking about when my six-year-old is 18, and then when mm. my six-year-old's kids are 18. Mm. And what I want when my six-year-old's 18-year-olds graduating high school, the trip I'm going to take those those high school graduates on as a grandparent, Sean and I, with each individual grandchild. Or another thing we have, we're setting up a trust. This is something I'm really excited about. But I'm setting up a trust right now that for a hundred years after I'm dead, um, generations deep into my posterity, any kids, cousins, any of them, that wanna do any type of like humanitarian work, service, missions, um, that this trust will pay for it. Wow. And so again, if you're constantly digging deeper, thinking longer term, um, trying to stretch your own vision and genuinely get yourself excited about the possibilities, Then that comfort zone is like, it's not a big deal anymore, man. This is nothing. Like, this is a small thing to a giant, to that person I'm becoming. Come on. This is good. Let's get excited. So, I don't know. That's my advice on that.
1: No, That was so incredible. Uh, It stretched my vision. like never heard somebody talk about a vision or a dream 100 years after. Like, so many times you're just thinking so. uh, Yeah. So little, so close, like five years, ten years. But thank you for this. This is a gift for me personally, um, and I'm sure it's for uh, people. You mentioned, uh, you know, you know, surrounding yourself with leaders. And I know, working in the company that you work in, it's it's incredible that it has built that culture, the structure that you are surrounded by people. But not everybody has yeah. that opportunity especially in the corporate america it is not it's always the rat race right so uh, if i'm somebody who's in corporate world and doesn't know how to find those leaders, like who can i go and talk and
0: yeah. um how do i do that that's a really good question question you know i am really blessed you know i just spent a couple of days with john maxwell and yeah. i was and i brought a few of my leaders with me and I told one of the girls, I said, "You know how they say it's like some women like sleep their way the, to the top." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I uh, like was a mentee my way to the top. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I one of my things I got good at was seeking out and building relationships with solid mentors, mm. and being so coach- coachable to them that they wanted to continue to pour into me. And so I was mm. so lucky that you know I, when I joined this particular company that you mentioned, we have incredible leaders. One of them is Ed Milet. Some of your viewers might know Ed from being on social media. But when I started, Ed wasn't on social media, you know, he, but he was just kind of coming up as an entrepreneur. And I remember when he made his first million and I, I called him up and I said, Ed, oh my gosh, you, you did it. You broke that barrier. And he said, Jamie, what are you talking about? You're next. Knock it off. Like it's not a big deal, you know. And so, but Ed's only one of them. You know, there's a ton of others. Yeah. Jeff, you mentioned Penny, Rich tholly who trained Ed, uh, is one of my head coaches. And so, yes, I was very lucky. But I also was seeking out leaders, out, uh, you know, outside my company. And and I'm, anybody can do this. But you know, I studied when I started in this business. Remember, I'm 22 years old. I have no leadership skills, management skills. Um, I didn't think anyone was going to listen to me. I was 12, I I was 22, but it looked like I was 12. (laughs) So so I had to work on me. My main priority in business right now is building leaders, finding and developing leadership skills Mm -hmm. in people so that they can go out and change the lives of others and impact lives. But I had, before I could do any of that, I had to become someone that people would be, you know, worth following, worth duplicating. So, I had to do so much self improvement. And so, I would seek out mentors. Like, I would study books like Abraham Lincoln or, you know, just diff- uh, Napoleon Hill. They, they could be dead, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I could yeah. still spend a week with them, you know, adopting their mindset. And so, I would devour books and still do. But in my early years, I would listen to audio books on tape, um, at, like a few a week. My car, I stopped listening to the radio. I stopped watching TV for literally about five years. And instead, Mm. my car became a university to me on leadership and uh, communication skills. And you know what I mean? And so I had great mentors constantly in my ear. I had turned off, which is harder today because of social media, but I had turned off negatives. I turned Mm. off the news. I didn't have a TV that worked in my house for my first five years as an entrepreneur. So I, I... you know, anybody in corporate America can do that. You can turn off your news. You know, you can unfriend anybody on social media that when you read their stuff, it makes you feel tense, angry, or unhappy. You can unfriend all of them. I do. I only follow things that are uh, supporting my positive mindset to win and have the things that I want for my family. So, so that's one way, you know, like I said, turning off the negatives, you know, where I live here in California not that far from here is a really desirable neighborhood that very, a lot of stars live in. And, um, but it used to be years ago, believe it or not, it was a city dump. Mm. It's where, it's where they would dump trash. Right. And, and so now it's this amazing place and right. So before they could develop that community, what's the first thing that you have to do? The first thing you have to do is you have to stop the trucks. All those trucks that are dumping the trash And so, so many people are trying to become better, trying to find mentors, but they haven't stopped the negatives from coming Mm. in. Napoleon Hill calls it a mind sealed tightly against all negatives. So that might be friends, family that are constantly, you know, just negative. And so I kind of cut my associations down that were not positive. Supporting my new goals and dreams, Um, cut out the news, cut out new negatives, and then started pouring in the positive, reinforcing messages. And uh, so that's number one, The, the books, the audio, stopping the dump trucks of trash that you're allowing into your mind, and then seeking out mentors. And so you might not be in a company that is full of Ed Milet type quality people that love mentoring, but, uh, but you can still seek that out. You can still follow Ed on social media. You can still follow me. my Instagram is at Jamie via and tons of other wonderful people that will support you in what you're trying to do. Um, and there's tons of things that they offer in low cost classes, you know, online that you can be learning from, but, um, If you're in your particular field uh, or the field that you want to excel in, the thing that you want to uh, create this dream life with, uh, then you can seek out the people in your field or maybe it's leadership, maybe it's communication, maybe it's um, engineering, whatever it is. You can seek out the people in in that niche that you want to get better at that are good at it and number two, who are where you want to be. I don't like to to really get mentored by people like let's say they're great in business and they have all this money but they they don't they they are getting divorced and they beat their wife. You know what I'm saying? Like I want them to have similar values as me and it's where I want to be. If I follow them and I do what they do, I will enjoy what I get by mm. doing what they do. Does that make sense? So you can find those people and start to develop a relationship with them. You know, maybe you call their assistant and say, what's his favorite thing? You know, maybe he likes a certain type of cigar or he likes a um, to take his wife to a certain date night place and maybe just send him a gift and say, you know what, you've impacted my life. You know, I wanted to send a date night to you and your wife because of just following you on social media has changed my life already, right? And you start to start to build a relationship. And I'll tell you, the, re- the very successful people that... Um, they- i'm just telling you they they want to help others they want to give back most of them do most of them are very giving that way they don't want to waste their time though so don't 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 do that just if they give you coaching implement and appreciate it Thank you know be very grateful for it and that's what i've done that's really one of my secrets to my success is i was humble enough to know i know nothing and i was smart enough to know i got to find out who knows what i don't know (laughs) and (laughs) seek them out and apply it And then, again, go back and and show my gratitude and say, what's next, coach? Mm,
1: That's amazing. Um, You know, um, the seeking out uh, mentorships in your industry, everybody does it. Like I heard Mark Zuckerberg at a time was consulting with Steve Jobs, which one would think they are competitors, but they, you know, Steve would provide advice at a point where Facebook was doing plateau actually Steve helped Mark Zuckerberg, you know, yeah. he gave him advice. He told him, uh, you know, actually he told him to go to India to some ashram and do some, you know, yeah. uh, work on himself so he could break through those barriers. But yeah. I think that's going to your point that yeah. you
0: know, that's the difference wanna... of the, yeah, that's the difference of the high achiever competitor mentality mm-hmm. and the world-class mentality, Yes, the world-class they're still humble enough to say, I don't know everything. There's still someone if I cool it that's gonna come behind me and pass me up. and mm. I there's and I can learn from everyone where mm. the high achievers kind of they they they're they're making good money and they have success, but they don't necessarily reach the significance that they're meant maybe meant for mm. because they're they have an ego.
1: yeah, yeah. one of the things that I saw um you know um, because I was part of the company and then I was also in corporate America. One of the big yeah. difference uh, I saw was, where in corporate America, people were so worried about having this work-life balance, like there there's something to achieve. And yeah. in the real entrepreneurial world, I saw there's no balance. It's the mindset thing, right? And I know yeah. you are the perfect person using your own life journey and there are so many other people, like in thousands that you've seen grow What would you say to somebody who's just hoping to get some balance, work life? Yeah,
0: yeah, I get that question a lot, especially now. I have my new book coming out that has a lot to do with that. But uh, someone called me recently the balance queen, right? (laughs) Because I have four little kids, teenagers. I have, you know, uh, a multi million dollar, you know, business and offices all over the country and charities and all this stuff. They say, how do you do it all, Jamie? And, you know, one of the things I'm I'm doing right now, I'm I'm doing the happy and strong workshops to show people, yes, you can have it all without losing it all. Mm -hmm. All those things that are important. And so, uh, you know, it's trying to, how do you build the gap between business and happiness? Mm -hmm. And so I tell you, you know, there really is no such thing as perfect balance. Whoever tells you that is they're a liar. And so. Chasing that can be very, um, can be hard on your mental wellness, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So instead I, I say, strive for happiness. What makes you happy? And, and, and understand that. Sometimes you're going to be out out of balance, like more towards work because you're, you have a big promotion or a big goal that you're trying to achieve. And maybe the next 60 days, you're really going to go all in on trying to make, you know, this thing happen to get your business to the next level. Or there's just, you know, a lot going on that's hard in your business. Other times you might be tipped, you know, the scale might be tipped more towards family because maybe someone is in your family is sick, a parent is sick, or a teen is going through some something rough right now. And so your energy and time is tilted more towards that. And that's okay. That's mm. okay. But I see that men and women alike, they have this kind of distraction going on in their mind. Like, okay, I'm spending more time with my kids right now, but I feel like I'm neglecting my business. Or I'm spending too much time in the office. Am I screwing up my kids? And so, um, you know, in my, in my new book, I kind of go through all of the practical things that you can put in place to relieve that stress and that distraction in your mind. Um, and then also how to, to structure your time better. But, but guys, you know, I mean, instead of chasing balance, chase your dream life. Figure wow. out, again, what that second version of you looks like what he or she's going to accomplish, the difference she's going to make in her life, maybe long-term. Like, like I said, you know, I was talking about, um, I have a, a vision, like I, my, one of my business plans, I call she built champions. Wow. And I said, I'll be on the cover of, I'll be on the cover of Forbes or fortune or whatever. And it's going to say she built champions, but it's going to talk about what my kids did, what my grandkids did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, like, You won't know if you have good kids or if you did a good job there until you see your grandkids. Well, I don't know if I did a good job building leaders until I see what their people that they coach are able to do and change in this world. You know what I'm saying? So, again, my goal is to build tons of strong, you know, six- and seven-figure earners, but, again, that have that seed of philanthropy and hopefully one of them's maybe inspired to help kids with autism. Another's maybe inspired to help kids in third world countries. Another might be inspired to to make a difference in the sex trafficking thing that's happening. You know what I mean? I don't I don't care what it is, but that's kind of one of my visions. And so I'm I'm always I'm always trying to get better as a leader. I'm always trying to do more, but it encompasses this vision encompasses my family, my faith. I want to be healthy still because I want to be able to, well, into my you know eighties and nineties, I still yeah. want to be traveling and you know doing these different things. So I, it kind of encompasses faith, family, fitness, and business, and fun, and you know the things that I want to do with my 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 uh, my husband. And um, and so, I don't know if that's answering your question, but you know, it, there's it's not balance. It's I'm chasing my dream life. Mm. You know what I'm mm. saying. And, and that dream life is my business plan is again, all of those things. My, I have goals for my faith. I have goals for my, my, my spiritual growth as a person, my contribution goals, the type of person I want to become and be, we can always be a little bit better. Right. In, mm. in all these areas. And then my fitness goals are always in there. That's one, a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, uh, employees lack, you know, are they put on the back burner because of other goals, family mm. goals. So as much as I could get excited about a business goal. Every night I'm reading my goals before I go Mm. to bed. And every morning I'm reading them when I wake up. And so every day, twice a day at minimum, I'm rebalancing my thinking Mm. and I'm focused on my vision. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm kind of hitting all areas and not getting too far off for too long, if that makes sense. So that guilty stuff doesn't happen. And I honestly don't, don't feel the burnout like I see a lot of my competition do.
1: You know, uh, it does make sense uh, in a lot of things that people like, especially uh, I don't think, you know, in our education system or in the corporate world, we are taught to do goals, the vision. Uh, these are the things more on the entrepreneur side of things that we work with leaders and uh, and and one of the things I heard um, um, and I don't remember the name of the person, but he said that, you know, we are born for. Uh, We are born for greatness. We are born for service, but we are trained for trading like we we are not trained to Become somebody of significance and that's where we lose happiness like we are not happy because we are just chasing This little dream about making the living Yeah, and and, uh, you said it perfectly like chase the significance and it'll go away Uh, you mentioned about book uh, which is coming in the spring you mentioned Um, my book (laughs) yes yes your book and I'm excited about I cannot wait you know when the pre-order comes I'm gonna be the one of the first ones that orders because not because of you know because you are on this show but because of who you are and I know how much it can change me Uh, and so talk about I mean you Give some nuggets, but if you were to pick one lesson that you would leave or you would want your children to read from the entire book, if they for, forgot everything but got one thing yep. out of that book, what would that be?
0: Oh, gosh, there's so much.
1: <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, would...
0: it really is. It, you know, <clears throat> I, I, really, I really love the book, and I think it will help women, men, um, you know, John Maxwell's now endorsed the book. Ed Mylet wrote the foreword for the book. Sean Covey, who wrote, uh, who's Stephen C- Stephen Covey's son. He uh, mm-hmm. wrote, wrote like highly, you know, effective teens, the seven habits books. Um, they've all endorsed it. And a lot of it's because I think it can, it can really impact the lives mm-hmm. of anyone that's wanting to have a better quality of life. And mm-hmm. so how do we dare to dream big? You know what I mean? But do it all like, because a lot of times people will get to a certain point. They're like, really, is it worth it? Is it worth it? You know, I feel like it's, it's too hard. Um, it's pulling too much away from my family. It's pulling too much away from here. And, and so I go through throughout the book, a lot of examples and stories of the hardest things that I went through Mm. when I wanted to quit, (laughs) you know, multiple times. And I'll just tell you, it's okay to be down. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to even be fearful and anxious and wondering, is it worth it? I'll tell you, during COVID, there's so many people because of the unknown. Like, gosh, I want more, but what? And so, it's okay to even want to quit, mm. but it's not okay to quit. That's yeah. it, and that's the difference of you know all of these cha- of these champions that are living these dream lives of you know, travel and, you know, being able to contribute the way they want to in the lives of others and income and debt-free and, you know, these things. And I tell people as good as you think it is to be completely debt-free and, and have this, you know, life of abundance. It's like a thousand times better than you Mm -hmm. imagine to be able to say, you know, when your dad can't work anymore, here's a check, dad. Don't worry about it. I got it. You know, or someone in your family is sick. Don't worry. I have it. Don't worry. We get you the best care to be the go-to person in your family to, you know, to become somebody that you're proud of because mm. you did chase a big dream. And so it's all of the champions. They all went through their quitting phases. They all wondered like, can I do this? Who am I kidding? Who am I kidding? Yeah. You know, like <clears throat> publishing a book, like I tell you, you know, we in the middle of writing it. I had the thought of like, well, who's going to care? Who's going to read it? You know what I mean? Like that's that little voice. And so I think in that book, you know, to how to conquer those little doubts, those fears, those, and then make it happen. How do you structure it all? How do you make it happen? But, um, you know, with my kids, I tell them it's okay. You know, you're going to have the hard things and you're going to have the bad days. I had a son that uh, is in football and he's the best player on his team, but he had a really bad team this year Mm. and they didn't even win one game. And uh, their first game, my son was the quarterback and they played uh, a team that was the best team in the league, but they also played up a level.
1: Mm. So they
0: played the best team, but the oldest, biggest kids. And they got worked. They got, It was so bad, right? And my son was a quarterback and they couldn't block these guys. So he was just getting slammed over and over. One kid, he took a flying helmet to helmet and the other kid got ejected from the game. Uh I'm surprised my kid didn't get a concussion. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, you know, he walks out with ice pack here and an ice pack on his knee, you know? And my son, my husband walked up to him and he said, I've never been more proud of you in my life because your attitude was I'm going to give it all I got every second of this game. You didn't start blaming others that weren't blocking for you. You didn't get mad at the other team. You didn't blame the refs. You had mental toughness of I'm going to I'm not going to quit. He mm-hmm. played every minute of of the, that game. He was on offense and defense. And you know that mentality of to go after it to give it all you got and then to become a better version of yourself mm-hmm. is That's what I want. That's what I want for people. I want to inspire them that there's more. There's more. There's a better quality of life. And you can, if I can do it, (laughs) I think that's my first chapter is if I can do it, you can do it. (laughs) If this little girl from Montana who had no money, no leadership skills, you know, no support and no example of success anywhere in my family tree. I've Mm. done genealogy trying to go back, you know, to my ancestors and no one was successful. And I thought, can I be the one? And I wanted to tell people you can be the one. You can be the you can be the girl, you can be the guy. You can be the one that changes your family tree forever. Mm. You can be the one that now our kids will have a different life than my yeah. parents did. I remember my mom called me one day and she said, Jamie, she was emotional. And She said, I wish I was raised the way you're raising your kids. Because you're right, they're not teaching this stuff in school.
1: They're mm-hmm. teaching
0: middle of the road, how to be employees, how to go with the status quo. And they're not teaching them how to dream bigger. They're not teaching them how to and giving them any type of tools to go out and make a difference in, in, the, in the world in a, in, a, in a big way. So um, so I hope the book helps. You know, like I guess <laughs> um, I hope it helps a lot of people. I know that uh, I'll be having everyone that I'm coaching. Um, Reading it right away because I think it will be, it will make a difference for them.
1: No, I am sure it'll make a difference. It'll, uh, you know everything that you said just makes so much sense. Um, and you brought up you know Sean at the very perfect time. I mean I I know a lot of people think uh, especially when people look at the marriages, successful marriages from a distance. Yeah, they think, you know, how they're just lucky they are made in, you know, their match was made in heaven. And <laughs> while it may be true, just like everything else, there is so much energy that goes. Uh, I don't want to call it effort. It's just energy, right? It goes through. So um, when it comes to entrepreneurship or maybe life in general, uh importance of having you know, there's importance of having the right partner, but how do you build that right partnership, becoming the right yeah. partner, so yeah. you're available in that energy exchange equally?
0: Yeah, I think for young people that are single, the biggest advice we could give is pick the right partner. <laughs> so that's gonna be the most important decision that you ever make, you know? Um, but then once you do have that partner, uh, your marriage has to come first. And in my happy and strong classes, I, I go into this a lot, that a lot of people, their whole world is their kids. You know, mm-hmm. they want to be there for their kids and, you know, give their kids all the opportunities that they never got to have. And um, I love my kids and they're, they are everything to me. But my kids know that our, me and Sean, our relationship, we come that comes first. Mm-hmm. We love you, but I love dad more. You know, <laughs> I love you, but you're number two, and I think that gives a lot of confidence and um, uh, solid foundation uh, for comp- you know confidence and and everything for these children as they're they're building their lives and they're finding their own way and their path. Um, so sh- we show that to our kids in our actions, like we do date nights every week, we do family nights every every week, we we do uh, family outings every month, at least, you know, some type of family day. Uh, mm-hmm. So they know that family is first, you know, uh, I'll tell my kids, you know, what's more important than, than you? I don't know. And then Sean will say, is surfing more important than you? Cause he loves surfing. They say, no, you know, is it, mom's phone. Cause I'm on the phone all the time. Right. Is that more important? No, you know? And so I want them to, to know that Even though we are engaged in our business and we love helping families, but they are first and, but the marriage is the most. So showing your kids an example of successful marriage, um, is one of the ways that you can help your kids find happiness, pick the right spouse. You know what I mean? Treat your, if you're a man, treat your daughter the right way so that she knows what to look for when she's finding her, Mm -hmm. her spouse, you know, um, so Sean and I have a, again long term perspective of that our marriage is not just now. It's not till death do you part. It's going to be for all eternity. So I'm stuck with this guy forever. So, so the little things that he that he does that maybe bother me, um, I got to get over that because I can't change him and I don't want to change him. Think about your your partner. The things that probably bug you the most about your partner, you know, maybe they like with Sean, he jokes all the time. And I'm like, can you just be serious? Right. But that's probably what I fell in love with. Mm You know what I'm saying? So remember those times, remember the times when you were dating and when you fell in love and you know, these different things, I, I constantly read books that will remind me of that time to re fall in love with him during, you know, that time. And so we date each other, we woo each other, you know, I'm his girlfriend, <laughs> and, so, and so not just his wife. And uh, we make it a priority, we make the time, you know, we schedule it in, just like we would schedule in one of our biggest clients. And uh, and the kids see that, and hopefully they'll duplicate that in their lives.
1: Amazing. The one question that came to my mind that uh, some of the viewers who are not as successful, they're immediately like, what mine does, and what mine will do is that, okay, Jamie, you are successful. You're a millionaire. You can afford to have it these date nights. You, yeah. Uh, what would you tell yeah. them? You tell yeah. them.
0: Yeah. And a lot of my millennial people that I coach will say something like that because I'll say, I delegate as much mm. as I can. I delegate everything I possibly can except for people. <clears throat> Stay with me because they'll, they'll say, like, well, you can afford that. You can afford like a housekeeper to come in or whatever. But I did these things when I was broke too. Okay. So we did date nights when we were living, Sean and I lived in this little tiny 600 square foot apartment, a a single apartment where we were eating like noodles, you know what I'm saying? And we had no money. We had, we were 60 grand in debt. We still did our date nights. And you know what? Sometimes it was just going to a movie with, you know, another couple in business with us, or sometimes it was just hanging out with them, having a good discussion, you know, um, we just made it, we made it a priority. You know, we weren't going out to fancy steak and lobster or anything like that. We were, we were just making it a priority to spend time together. We also did something called our partnership meeting. Sean and mm. I are partners in business and in life and in raising our children, and we wanna be on the same page. That's where yeah. we can get velocity. When we're one going this way and one's going that way, we're not in alignment you can't, you know, the car starts to shake when you push on the gas. Mm. So we got to get in alignment with each other. We got to get on the same page. So we do these partnership meetings and we'll talk about, Hey, what's going on with the business? How do you think so-and-so is doing? How do you think, um, you know, the kids are doing, how do you think, you know, what's going on with your mom? And we'll just kind of go through all the facets of our life and just have a little short discussion about it. And we could be, you know, eating popcorn and watching a movie that we already own. And we've seen a bunch of times, you know, so afterwards, afterwards. So those, those date nights don't have to be expensive. When I say family days, it could be a day at the park. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll pack a picnic basket and we'll go to the top of our Hill and we'll have a good family discussion up there. And it's Mm. doesn't cost us anything. Um, it doesn't mean I'm taking them to Disneyland or, you know, all this stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. And so, um, so you can do it on a low budget right? It doesn't have to be this thing. And then as far as delegating, okay, I have this thing that I teach the guys that I coach. And it sounds like a bad word to some people. I think it's a great word, but it's, I say, you got to sell out. And sometimes people think of sell out as as a negative thing, but I say sell out to this dream life that you want. Get clear in your mind what you want, sell out to it that you're going to throw your heart into every area of the work that it takes to do this and love it fall in love with the grind of it fall in love with the you know the rewards of it and the failures and you know all of it and know that again where you're going you're getting excited about where you're going instead of kind of staring at where you're at like oh my gosh you know you're always looking at your problems and they become so big in your face but if you're instead of looking at the problem like let's say a race and you're going over hurdles instead of looking at the hurdle that's right in your instead you're looking at the finish line back there and you're like okay huh, this sucks but how can I go around it how can I go under it who can I ha- reach out to help me with this what are my resources who's already had this ph- problem and got past it that I could maybe shoot a dm to and just ask a couple questions and so um so when i'm saying sell out when you're in the building phase of this dream life, right? The mm-hmm. grind. Um, you can't sell out to a ton of things, meaning you can't have a ton of hobbies during that phase. I travel the world right now. I, I love it. My husband, Sean, has multiple hobbies, you know. Um, but during that phase, I didn't have, he, he didn't either. He put up the surfboard for many years and the golf clubs and the everything, right? What we sold out to was faith, family, business, fitness, those, those four areas. And that was it. And so if it didn't fit into those, if it wasn't growing me spiritually or as a human being, if it didn't grow my family or my relationships that were precious to me, um, if it didn't grow my business, then could I delegate it? Hmm. Could I delegate it? And you know what? Here's the thing. If I could delegate someone coming into my house and doing the deep cleaning once a month, wasn't that much money, but if I could take that stressor off my plate and now I could pour more into of time into my business, guess what? I could now afford it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I hate when people say, "Oh, I can't afford it" or, you know, it's easy for you, Jamie, you're rich or whatever. No. No. Use your brain instead of saying I can't to say how could I afford it? What would have to happen for me to be able to afford a housekeeper to come in or to be able to do that date night? Well, well, one more sale this month or whatever you know business that you're in okay well if i took that off my plate and i did this if i didn't have to do laundry (laughs) so so for me i'd rather instead of the time i'm at home i'd rather instead of be scrubbing a toilet i would rather be quality time with my children
1: (laughs) it's amazing it's just becoming resourceful and i love the reframe that you (laughs) gave Uh, and just by the way you're not the only one who loves sean for his humor I think yeah. a lot of people in the company love him because of the humor he put in and he showed up. I mean, it's, it's in his a DNA, like that's who he is.
0: Like, yep. and I, you know, It's very, um, lighthearted. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He doesn't take himself too seriously, not light-minded, not goofy, but lighthearted right. and always trying to bring a little humor and fun to the grind or whatever the situation is to make it better for everybody. Yeah
1: yeah it's a blessing it's a blessing a lot of yeah. people you know sometimes like i wish uh, uh when i'm writing social content and all that like i have to think okay how can i bring humor it doesn't come out naturally like so many people it comes out naturally. that's his gift so,
0: he's witty he i'm like him. how do you think of that so fast yeah. like <laughs> that's not me at all
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, amazing one thing that you briefly touched upon like when I see any relationship or business or whatever you're doing, you know, there is a foundation. And in my mind, or at least in my opinion, it has to be bigger than like its significance, but it's faith, like spirituality. There is, you know, yeah. there is an aspect that is bigger than you. Um, um that drives you like that holds you that keeps you grounded. And I know that I can say that about you and Sean and because I've heard you talk about that so and you know if people listening to this do not have faith I mean, I'm not trying to say you need to have it it could be something else for you but something that is a foundation but people who believe in faith like could you talk about like how faith you know having a ground grounded I think
0: it's- so important. I think you're absolutely so important. I think you're absolutely right. So, you know, I, and I, I would never put my faith onto somebody else. Yes. Okay, but I do encourage them. If I if they are someone that's serious, that says, Jamie, I want to do something big. You know, mm. I I want to be a seven figure earner. Will you coach me? That I can't leave that part out because it is such a huge part. It will help them so much. Mm. I know it helped me. But when I got into business and I started studying. The great ones, right? I, success leaves clues. So I start studying the leaders inside and outside of my company that were ultra successful, dead and alive, the greatest leaders that I respected. It was from almost every single one of them, pretty much all of them. It was such a big part hmm. that they had faith. Faith uh, is the opposite of fear. That little voice that's telling you, you can't do it. And when I have faith, it diminishes my fear and I continue continue. And I Mm. can keep growing. But if I don't have that, it's much easier for me to get stuck in those comfort zones. Okay. Mm. So I teach the happy and strong classes. Actually, I have one coming up. I I would encourage everybody to to do it. It's December 4th, but uh, I'm going to be working with the women. So women in business, they should be with me. And then Sean will be with the guys
1: of Mm. how to create
0: your dream life. And how do you, again, build, you know, how do you do it? (laughs) How do you do it all? Mm. Um, But, uh, But one of the things in there is, um, you know, you're, you're trying, you're trying so hard just to, to get it, to get it going. And when you have the, you don't have faith, it's like, you're missing your superpower, your, your supercharger. Right. But when I got into business, um, these coaches, like Ed Milet's a great, great example. You know, I was newer in the business and he was coaching me and he said, Jamie, one of the signs of a leader is that they're growing closer to God. That was his version of it when I teach the happy and strong classes, um, I have people in there that are Buddhist. I am mm. Jewish. I have Christian. I have uh, Mormon. I have, um, Hindu. I have everybody. Right? Yeah. And we touch on that subject, but it's really what it is is part of your plan or your goals that you're reading every morning and every night that you're planting these seeds of greatness in your mind. Um, it can't just be your fitness and your health and your wellness and your business and your money that your faith or your spiritual growth needs to be part of that. And so Mm. I've had, you know, little ones, little goals in there of like, well, I just want to um, be more patient with my children. That's Mm. a self-improvement goal that I believe is connected to like who I am spiritually. Right. But then I've also had other bigger ones of, you know, maybe, uh, reading scriptures every day or something you know what I mean? so it it's just whatever's gonna help you become a better version of you in your spiritual growth or self-development goals. Mm. Um, you know so uh, I think that it makes you a better you. and I remember the hardest times in my business I had to lean on my faith. Mm. you know, I was just I just spent this couple of days with John Maxwell. And he got really emotional. He was crying. It was actually one of the best meetings, but he started crying. And he said, you know, during COVID, he had so many people that were so fearful and their businesses were suffering and their family lives were suffering. You know, you see coming out of COVID record divorce, record suicide. You know, I have a a nurse that I coach and she said, there's no more people with COVID in the hospitals. What I see is attempted suicides lately And because they're depressed. And so when Maxwell was crying, he said, you guys, I wish, I just wish the one thing I could give you is I could just give you my faith. I could give you faith. You know, and I had another gal, one of my seven-figure earners with me, and she said, Jamie, you know, with all the turmoil that's going on and all the distractions, I'm so distracted in business. I'm distracted in my, my relationship with my spouse and distracted with what's going on in my kids' schools and just everything, right? She's like, how are you so happy and calm still? Or I, what I like to call happy and strong, that's the name of my book, right? Um, but she's like, how how do you have so much peace? And I'm like, it has a lot to do with just having faith that it's all going to work out. So that I never let that be diminished as part of my goals, Faith and you know, family, fitness and finance. It all it all was kind of equally balanced as far as the focus goes. Mm. Uh, as far as that dream life. So I, I would encourage everybody just to figure out what they believe in. Right. Yeah. And you know, sometimes people they're like, Well, I don't know. You know, maybe I grew up with one faith, but I don't really agree with it. Maybe I grew up Catholic, my parents were Catholic, but I don't really it doesn't resonate with me when I try to go to Mass that's okay. Take a step back, maybe start to pray, right? Start to seek what you, you know, to have a stronger connection with God or with spiritual life or whatever. And when you start to, to, to focus on it, it'll gravitate towards you and you'll figure out what it is for you. And it will help you, like you said, be more grounded have more calm, have more peace in your life when all of this when the world is chaos, you'll you' you'll be calm.
1: Yeah you know I, I think a couple of things. One, I know that this can easily continue for hours and hours like I can just <laughs> listen to you and um, you know, never run out and you will not run out of so much wisdom that you have. The second thing is that if this was the last episode I was doing, i would be like i would feel like i did do something you know i left a significance with right this episode and i i know a lot You're so of sweet. Thank people will value. so thank you for this you mentioned about happy and strong even yeah I and mean, i would want for people is that virtual how do people you know okay. find out more about it
0: yeah i would Love. And again, it's part of that vision is to my, my goal, and it seems very big, but I'm very excited about it. It's to affect and touch a hundred million people's lives Mm. through the education, the leadership development stuff, the happy and strong courses, um, touch a hundred million lives to help them become happier, more successful and have a better quality of life. And so, um, the, the book is a small piece of that. Um, mm-hmm. Happy and strong—that's my philosophy, I guess, in business and life. It just is this: you can have, you can chase your big, biggest dreams, you can create your dream life, but success isn't defined necessarily by money. It's when you get there. Let's say you, mm-hmm. you're making millions. What good would it be to be making millions if, when you get there, you're divorced or your kids don't want to talk to you, mm-hmm. or you've worked so hard you've neglected your health and now you're spending all your money restoring your health. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so success is reaching your dreams, but being happy and strong. You can sleep at night, you know, and having that strong foundation for it, for your posterity. So, um, so one thing is the book that will be coming out in the spring. Um, but you can go to the happy, happy and dot um, website. Um, or I would just encourage you guys just to follow me on social media. Cause I'm constantly posting stuff for, uh, people that you know work that have kids uh, entrepreneurs or corporate would be fine with that uh, mm-hmm. women men but um, have, uh, that's at, at @jamie.vialovos mm-hmm. on Instagram and uh, and hopefully like i said we can we can help in some way some little aspect to improve your quality of life or you know inspire you a little bit to get to the mm-hmm. next level
1: yeah and you know uh, just so everybody listening right if you believe in or even if you don't believe in faith and spirituality, you were listening to this for a reason you were brought your your clue is to go there, you know subscribe to Jamie her work, go to happy and strong like if you're you know if you could attend uh, any event i i I can guarantee you it will change your life. Uh, I remember jamie um, I was one time I had this opportunity or I was lucky enough that and he took us to Rich Holly's house oh. for a training. And he's
0: the best, the best. He's amazing. No he's one
1: amazing. better. Yeah. But, and this is 15 years ago, okay. At the, during the break, we were just standing. We were having snacks. Rich came uh, and I didn't know when he came behind me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, you know, you can do good. And I can tell you till this day, I can feel that hand on my shoulder, and that's what a leader does, and that's yeah. what I see in you. When I saw you twelve, fifteen years ago on the stage, I can still remember how I felt because I see that same quality. Like you transformed, you transformed the life just the way Rich did it for me, and I know. People who will follow you on Instagram or go to Happy and Strong Event or buy the book, or somebody who is like really greedy, like I am, will do everything and <laughs> transform their lives because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Like, you have to hold on to people who are ahead of you and you know, just not make so hard. So, I'm so grateful for this. Um, er. Definitely, for me, it has been uh, such an amazing one and, you know, one hour over the top. And I'm sure I'm going to be listening. And every (laughs) single minute of it is like gold. It's one of the episodes that will continue and create significance. So thank you so much, Jamie, for.
0: No problem. uh, Enjoyed being spending the time with you. And if there's anything I can ever do to help, let me know
1: all right I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did and got some valuable nuggets out of it uh, if you liked it there are other shows you can watch and they are exactly uh, what you need and I ask you to like comment subscribe let me know what you thought of the show uh, really I want to hear from you firsthand what you felt what you liked what you didn't like so thank you and see you around